Hey there, you're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. I really feel like today, instead of saying, hey, I should say, boo, because we're officially in one of my favorite months and gearing up for one of my favorite holidays, Halloween. We don't do the scary Halloween stuff. We just like the fun stuff like popcorn balls and carving pumpkins. But speaking of scary, you guys out there in podcast land are doing a scary good job of telling others about the Only Schoolers podcast. I don't know offhand exactly how many new listeners we had last month, but it was a lot. And most of them seem to be finding their way to our Facebook community. So thank you. And please keep listening on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you find us and keep spreading the word. In fact, we'd love to interact with everyone even more. So always feel free to hop on Facebook or Instagram anytime, really, and leave us some comments and conversation starters. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And just to let you know, we found out a couple of weeks ago that you can now find us on Amazon Prime Music. So that's another place to tell your friends to look. I know Kristen just mentioned you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our only schoolers handle is what you're looking for. But if email is your thing, you can find us at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. You know, Gina, I get so ridiculously delighted when I find comments on our Facebook or Instagram pages. There's really nothing better than knowing that when we send out, you know, what we're calling our best words of wisdom, they're actually making a difference. I mean, obviously, we hope we're being helpful. It's just nice to learn that we really are being helpful. I know, right? And what's great about this community is our listeners are being helpful right back. We absolutely can't wait for the October 15th podcast. We asked for your questions. And so far, you guys have delivered. So thanks for being helpful and honest with your questions. We've got a lot of good stuff to unpack there. So be sure to Join us in a couple of weeks for that episode. But first, we've got a lot of great insights for you in this episode. It's October after all, so that just means one treat after another. No tricks here. Before we get started, though, Gina, I've got one question, and I really can't believe that in all the time we've known each other, I don't know the answer to this one. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Um, I do love the chocolate, so I guess my favorite candy bars are like Twix, Kit Kat. I mean, I won't throw a way of Snickers or Hershey's or M&M's in a grab bag or anything. Um, Here's an odd OCD thing for me. When I eat M&M's, I have to eat them in groups of three, two of one color and one of another color. So how about you? Okay, well, see, now I'm going to be watching you the next time you eat M&M's. But for me at Halloween, it's those fun-sized candy bars. I especially love Baby Ruth or Take Five, and I make sure that any bag of candy that I buy to pass out has a selection that I personally want to eat because obviously I'm hoping there's some leftovers. But with Halloween on my brain and all the spooky images that that brings up, it's sort of natural to kind of steer our topic today to one we know all homeschool parents struggle with, common homeschool fears. Oh yeah, we have all been there. We're in the middle of this really radical lifestyle, right? And it's one that not everybody quite understands. And if we're honest, it's one that we might not always understand. So it would be really weird if we didn't have niggling doubts sometimes. And that can turn into a full-blown bunch of fears if we let them. That's what we want to talk about today. And hopefully by the end, we'll have alleviated some of those fears. So you and we can focus on enjoying this beautiful and unique homeschool we're all creating. So this episode, and it happens to be episode 13, but we're just going to say it's lucky number 13, is titled Confronting Your Fears, Common Homeschool Worries, and How to Scare Them Away. 
When we started talking about this, the list of worries and fears came fast and easy because we have all been there. I mean, we've all wondered if we're doing the right thing with this homeschool, if the kids are going to be okay, if what we teach is going to be useful. And as we look at our list, it was pretty obvious that these fears fell into three specific categories. Exactly. So that's kind of how we're going to approach it today. So we've labeled these categories. Number one, worries about me as a teacher. Uh, Number two, worries about my kids. And number three, worries about their education. So in the worries about me category, that's where I myself initially spent a lot of time in fear. Am I doing it right? This homeschooling, am I doing it wrong? Do I have the right skills or the education to pull this off? Can I stay organized and on top of all the classes and all the paperwork? And all that kind of leads to this big fear. Am I enough? And it's that big question that leads into the next category, which is worries about my kid. Because if we start fearing that we're not enough, then that leads straight to worry that we're totally messing up our kids. So we start thinking, is my kid going to get enough socialization? Is homeschooling going to make my kid weird? And if that's not enough to worry about with my kid, that fear takes root and it can lead to the last category, which is fear about their education. Yeah. And this is another really scary idea, I think, because we start worrying about all these gaps in education and what will happen after we're done with the homeschooling part. Did I teach all the things? Will my kid be ready for the real world? It can really become a vicious circle of worry and fear, which kind of just takes all the fun and joy out of homeschooling, which is the reason we're doing it in the first place. So I like what you said there, that this is a radical lifestyle and we are doing it because we love our kids and we love hanging out with our kids and we absolutely know what's best for them and how to help them achieve their goals. So it's time to scare those worries away and get back to the beauty and fun that's everywhere in homeschool. So how about we start out with worries about me? I think the biggest fear is, am I doing it wrong? Uh, We've talked about how so many of us come to homeschooling, having done hard time in a traditional school setting. There's this idea tucked away in the back of our brains that school has to look a certain way. I mean, questions like, am I doing this wrong by their very nature presuppose that there's a right way that's out there that we have to match. I know in other episodes, I've talked about being an unschooly parent these days. But when we started out with homeschool, I think the reason I started with worksheets and spelling lists and all that sort of stuff was because I was in elementary school and I had worksheets and spelling lists. And deep in my subconscious, I had this idea that those things were the right way to do school. And I had to match that. I mean, if Miss Morrow did it, why shouldn't I do it? But thinking that there is a single way to homeschool is no more true than thinking there's a single right way to organize a closet or a kitchen, or that there's only one right way to celebrate a holiday or paint a picture. What about you? Have you ever felt that way? Um, yeah, I have. I know I've shared before how we ended up with our eclectic sort of homeschool style, but that fears precisely how we ended up where we are. I started with one style. But when it didn't work, I immediately assumed, well, it's me and I'm doing it wrong because it couldn't possibly be that the curriculum was bad, could it? It's like there's just a little tape in the brain that says, if something goes wrong, it must be because I'm wrong. So that fear becomes, if I can't do this right in second grade, how can I be sure I ever will? Fortunately, even though I was a new homeschooler, I was not new to the idea of problem solving. So I stewed about it for a while. And then I finally said, why? Why do I think I'm the wrong piece here? 
what would happen if I did X or Y or Z instead? And that's not to say that I don't have that particular worry anymore, because fears like that don't just disappear. And you know, we just started high school, which is kind of scary for me. In fact, I've probably already asked myself a dozen times since July, am I doing this wrong? Because we have really struggled getting into a consistent schedule and kind of routine this year. But I do feel a little bit stronger each time that worry tries to creep in and scare me. Because I'm like, hey, I already figured out I actually am not doing it wrong. There are a lot of other factors outside of me and my abilities that have to be factored in. And if I can figure those out, we'll be on our way. Oh, absolutely. And that idea of being able to figure out the problem actually flows right into the next point we want to make in this worries about me category, which is, do I have the right personality, the right skills, the right organization methods to be successful at homeschooling? My short answer to that question, you know, honestly is yes, you do. I mean, these are our kids we're talking about, right? They already know who we are as a person, the good, the not so good. And we've successfully gotten them this far. They can communicate and move around and everything. So why wouldn't who I am be enough to successfully educate them? But what do you think? Is that too easy? Oh, no, I don't think it's too simple at all. Um, There is no one right personality that makes a successful homeschool parent. No one way of organizing a week. No one way of arranging the furniture, setting up a schoolroom, or even having a schoolroom. And I can guarantee you that there have been days when every single homeschool parent that I know has been a hot mess. I mean, (laughs) I freaked out when Wyatt was a tiny baby about teaching him how to drive. And Rich was like, how about we start by, you know, helping him roll over on his own or something like that. (laughs) That's great. And I'm only laughing because we've all done it. As if we need to borrow a future worry, right? We've got enough to worry about when they're little. But really, can I just throw one more worry into this section? As the parent of an only child, I often worry that I just have this one shot, right? Because you know, when you're baking pancakes or you're cooking pancakes, you know how they always say the first pancake is for practice and then the rest of them for eating. Well, this is the pancake I have to eat since it's the only one I've got. I mean, (laughs) I don't have any other pancakes. And not that my kid is a pancake, but you know, if she were. So yeah, I start thinking, am I enough? Am I going to do this right? Because I've only got this one shot at this crazy experiment. And that's just an extra pressure that I personally feel sometimes. And it just really can start feeding into those worries and fears about my ability. I think that is such a common theme for parenting an only child. I know I've often thought about Jackie Kennedy's line. She said, if you bungle raising your children, I don't think whatever else you do matters very much. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks. Jackie. Nothing like a little pressure, especially when this is it. But there's a point when I've had to say to myself, go ahead, feel the fear and do it anyway, because there is a kid who needs me. And so it's not enough to worry about us. As we've already alluded to, we worry about our kids. We worry about social interaction because heaven knows it seems everybody else does. And we worry that they'll turn out weird, which I mean, that's not necessarily bad in my opinion. It might be a really good thing if you ask me. Yeah, I don't think it's bad at all if you ask me either. I mean, I've always been a sort of an oddity and kind of on the outside of things. So it's no secret that I don't mind if my daughter's the same. But okay, here, nerd alert. And I learned this when we studied Macbeth last year. 
which really seems like a fitting thing for to talk about in October, doesn't it? Okay, and I know you're already going to know this, Gina, since you're the only schooler's resident Shakespeare guru. But anyway, if you look at the late Middle English definition of the word weird, it originally meant having the power to control destiny. I mean, that's mind-blowing, right? In that sense, I totally want my kid to be weird. Who wouldn't? Exactly. I don't know about guru status, but I do love my Shakespeare. And you're right. Everyone should, if you're going to read Macbeth, you need to read it in October. It's the perfect play for an October. And in a lot of ways, the Weird Sisters, the witches, they're really the prime movers in the play. They're the ones who plant the seeds about destiny in Macbeth's mind. Their words are what put everything in motion. So does that make us the weird sisters for our kids? We put everything in motion? I hope so. You know, I've always aspired to weird sisterdom. So maybe we're in good company with each other here. (laughs) That would be kind of cool, right? Well, right now, when we talk about this whole theme of our kids being weird, we're a bit Avengers obsessed in my household. And my daughter, September, is particularly taken with Loki, our favorite god of mischief. But you know, that kind of weird seems to be socially acceptable. I mean, just look at the sheer number of comic books published and all the comic cons people go to, right? I myself have gotten weirdly attached to creating cosplay outfits. Like, what am I doing? But, you know, that weirdness, if that's what we want to label it, has a value for my daughter if we kind of dive deep into what she gains from being weird in that respect. So, you know, you'd look at ideas about character development and destiny and how we value and treat people and can people change and is Loki right? I mean, shouldn't we be finding our glorious purpose and being burdened by that? That's how change comes, right? So when I think about that kind of weirdness, I also am sort of thinking about how can I extrapolate those Loki lessons and apply them to the real world? And I honestly think September's sort of been doing that by herself lately because she's really gotten interested in psychology. And maybe that's just a natural progression in this weirdness this idea of wondering what makes people do the things they do. So when I start thinking, oh, wow, this is getting weird here, I just try to flip that idea around when that fear comes. And, you know, I just try to remember that the ability to learn and make choices that suit her unique personality at any given time, it's a gift. And it's one that I can facilitate with homeschooling. What do you think? Well, when I was in high school, I went through a Henry David Thoreau phase, and I really loved his line, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. I've always been someone who's kind of gone her own way, and I've made any number of weird decisions. At least they looked weird to outside observers or familial onlookers. But to me, those decisions always made perfect sense. I think maybe that's why one of my desert island books is The Odyssey. I am always enchanted by the fact that Odysseus is there on this desert island with Calypso. I mean, she's a nymph. She has lovely braids. And she wants Odysseus to stay with her forever. And she has really been enjoying their love affair for years. And she's willing to make this whole thing worth his while. She's promising him life on easy street where he's not going to grow old. He's never going to have to work for a living. Basically, it's kind of like the ultimate retirement plan. (laughs) And, you know, speaking of someone at a point in life where there's a few more creaky joints than I used to have, it sounds kind of tempting to know nothing's going to, you know, sag, bag, wrinkle, or droop. And I'm not going to have to keep making funny noises when I try to get up off the floor. But 
Odysseus, he turns her down because he wants to go home. He knows that trials await him. He knows his safe return to his wife and his son is not guaranteed, and he still rejects her offer. And how weird is that? It only makes sense to Odysseus. It's weird in the sense that he knows if he's going to be a hero, he has to be the hero of his own life, not just some bit player in Calypso's life. He wants to captain his own ship. He wants to control his own destiny. He knows he has to be true to himself. And you know, that totally ties in to that old Middle English definition of weird being all about destiny, doesn't it? But I do think it's also important to consider that just because we think that definition is cool, that is unfortunately not the definition that most people know. Well, at least until I blow up the internet with a fantastic meme about it. But this is something that September brought up when we were talking about that old definition idea of weird. Because the modern definition is more like bizarre, quirky, offbeat, you know, whatever. It kind of has these negative connotations. So you'll want to check, is your kid okay with that definition? Because September was wondering if it would make them feel ostracized from their peers and like they didn't fit in. But, you know, weird doesn't have to be negative. And, you know, we're all weird in our own ways. So as homeschoolers, we can help our kids understand that and embrace whatever level of weirdness they're comfortable with people knowing. And now we're back at that power to create their own destiny idea, aren't we? Really makes me kind of think of a line in an essay by E.E. Cummings, which is a poet's advice to students. And in it, he says... To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. So, you know, don't be afraid to fight to stay weird, friends. Be yourself. Oh, exactly. Um, I think we really unpacked a lot here, but I think it's one of the bigger fears we as homeschoolers think about. But long term, ask yourself this question. Do I want my children to be comfortable being themselves? Do I want them to learn to listen for that drumbeat that comes from deep inside them and, and follow it? And if the answer to that question is yes, then indeed, fight to stay weird, friends. Or, you know, as the old line goes, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think after the fear of weird kids, our next worry is that everyone's right. Our kids won't be socialized. Everyone probably already knows by now exactly where we stand on this idea, though, that homeschool kids lack social interaction. But Gina, you want to refresh their memories? Poppycock. That is perhaps the most easily debunked fear in the book. It is a total bunch of hooey. Uh, Homeschool kids have so many doggone social opportunities with so many different groups of people. I am exhausted trying to keep up with their calendars. And this is really important. They are social with a wide array of people, not just 40 kids who happen to be 14 or 16 or 8 or 12 or whatever, who also happen to live within a certain radius of a school building. So yeah, in other words, the kids are fine. But you know, even if we can push away that socialization fear and that weird kid fear and that am I enough, there's still a big one in our last category worries about their education. Did I teach them everything? Okay, Gina, what's the answer? The answer is, of course not. There is no way in God's green earth I will teach Wyatt everything. And in fact, some days, particularly as I come to the end of this homeschooling journey with him, I positively wallow in that fact. Really? Okay, you absolutely must expand on what you mean by that, because I want to know. 
Okay, think about it. How many times as a parent have you had to make peace with the fact that certain things just aren't going to happen? You know, the floor isn't going to be mopped or the birthday gift is a shirt with a bow stuck directly on the cloth. Maybe dinner is a nutritious helping of popcorn with a side line of gummy bears or something. Isn't there a sense of relief? Isn't there a sense of relief when you admit you don't have to do everything in order for your kid to be okay? And it is the same thing with homeschooling. And if you've listened to our podcast, you know one of our deeply held beliefs is the importance of having kids take ownership of their own education. So you know that old song, The Weight, where the band sings, Take a Load Off Fanny? The next line in that song is, put the load right on me. I wallow in the knowledge because it means this crazy homeschool experiment with my only pancake is paying off. You know, it's worked. Yes. I'm not responsible for teaching Wyatt because gradually more and more of those responsibilities shift over to him. And that's the way it should be because it's his life, not mine. He needs to be weird and he needs to determine his own destiny. And yes, when kids are young, you will teach them so many things. But as they get older, take some of that pressure off yourself. There is no way for anyone to teach a student everything they need to know in high school or in college or whatever. And that's okay. There are going to be gaps. But if you've been teaching them how to learn on their own, to own their own education, they'll identify the gap. Cripes, they'll probably be excited about it because it gives them an opportunity to learn something new, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know I found gaps in my education when I got to college, but I figured out where they were and I filled them in. And honestly, I kind of had a fun time doing it. So yeah, I personally know that it doesn't really matter what curriculum I use or what classes I develop for September. There will be things we don't cover or don't cover completely or in depth. And I'm okay with that, especially after listening to your explanation of wallowing in it. I mean, right now, we're kind of in the weeds with writing, but I'm trying to let go of that worry that because of this, her whole homeschool career is ruined and I'm a terrible homeschool mom and she's got no future because we've hit this bump. It's a bump. We'll get there in time, in her time, not mine. But if I do start letting that fear creep in, I remind myself, like you said, my job is to teach her to value learning. And with that, she can do the rest of it on her own. Yes, yes, yes. The The real goal of homeschool is to make your kids fall in love with learning, to foster a sense of cu- curiosity, to want to explore their world and understand more about how it works. You want to put lots of different tools in their learning toolkits so that they know, hey, I can read a book, I can watch a video, I can hire a teacher, I can use trial and error until I learn how to do it right. If they know that they know how to learn, you are really golden. The other thing to remember is that you're not trying to craft an education for every single kid. You're just trying to craft an education for your kid. So work to make sure the gaps are in places that really won't matter. If your your daughter wants to be a hairstylist, then it might not matter if she didn't take calculus. And if she wants to be a neurosurgeon, it might not matter if she didn't spend a lot of time on ancient history. The worry about, is my kid going to be ready for the real world? If you look at that, I say, it's up to you to make sure your kid is ready for the real world. Think of it like this. If you're raising uh, your child in a greenhouse, it's a place with optimal growing conditions. But as your plants get bigger, they're going to need to be taken outside and exposed to direct sunlight and colder overnight temperatures so they get progressively tougher, so they can grow and they can flourish 
in less than perfect conditions. And as a parent, you know how hard the world can be. So giving your child the opportunity to practice those life skills, those real world skills on a regular basis is a really great thing. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense, especially when you talk about, you know, the plant and the greenhouse thing. And you're closer to that kid in the real world than I am. And I I just really admire how you and Rich have created an environment that allows Wyatt to figure out his next steps to get progressively tougher, like you said. And that's all happening with your support and encouragement. You've taught him how to learn. So now it's up to him. And I have to say, seeing it kind of play out with you guys, it really does help alleviate the fears that sometimes try to sneak in my mind when I think about September graduating. I mean, I'm confident that she'll be ready to move on to her post-homeschool life and figure out what she needs to know when she needs to know it. And really, that's our end goal, right? I mean, creating an environment in which your child becomes a confident member of society. And sure, there are a lot of fears along the way that it won't happen. But I think for the most part, it's our relationship with our kids that matters the most. Yes. And the homeschool environment gives us the chance to create that supportive environment where kids can grow at their own pace and in their own style. And just remember that when those fears start creeping in. Unfortunately, my fear now is that we've run out of time. (laughs) So (laughs) before we go... (laughs) I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This can be a really tough topic to talk about because sometimes it's just hard to admit the fears we have about ourselves and our abilities and our kids and their ability to make it in the world. But hopefully you've seen today or rather heard today that even veteran homeschoolers still have to quash that worry and conquer fears. It's just a natural part of parenting, I think, and we've all added home educating on top of it. So if you'd like to continue this conversation, please, please drop us a line on Facebook or Instagram or send us an email and keep spreading the word about the Only Schoolers podcast. You guys are such a key part to building this little community of ours. We also hope you'll tune in in two weeks when we'll be doing our first ever Q&A episode with your homeschool questions. Between now and then, check out our Patreon community if you'd like to support our ongoing efforts. We've got several different levels you can get involved at and a variety of special content and features. I think we've got some Halloween goodies to put up this month too. So until next time, thanks for joining us today and be fearless, friends. (laughs) 